Listening to Skip Intro, I'm Lee Chui Lin in the studio with me, um, as always, Ian McNally, as well as Julian Yap. And today we are talking about this film. No race was ever won in the first corner, but many have been lost there. I should know. I was born to be a race car driver, but there's only one problem. That's not me. That's me. He picked me out of a pile of pups, a tangled mass of paws and tails. <laughs> this one. Definitely this one. Call it fate, call it luck. All I knew was I was meant to be his dog. Do you like that, huh? Like it. I loved it. So um, I'm saving, uh, I was saving a little bit having to say the title because it's a bit of a mouthful. It's The Art of Racing in the Rain. Um, so is that actually what the movie <laughs> is about? You know, um, okay, what what happens? What is it? What goes on? You know, let's, let's hear it. So The Art of Racing in the Rain is based on the 2008 novel of the same name by author Garth Stein. And it tells a story of the bond between a golden retriever, Enzo, and his owner, Denny Swift, as played by Milo Ventimiglia. And Denny's a race car driver who has a superpower, which is that he can drive in the wet. Unlike, He's really good yeah. at doing those turns in the rain. Yeah, he knows. What's the great line they have? He knows that you got to have slow hands when you're going fast and mm -hmm. fast hands when you're going slow. And the story basically follows the ups and downs of this, this guy's life as he uh, comes into relationship with Amanda Seyfried and the ups and downs of his career because you know I don't know if you know this becoming a race car driver is pretty hard he kind of starts off in, the, in a training area who would love to drive Formula 1 which I think is one of the first kind of hints you get that this book was written in 2008 yeah because it, it kind of holds Ferrari and Formula 1 in this big big position which I I don't know that much about Formula 1 but I don't think you know Ferrari is that great anymore yeah. so we've also buried the lead which is that the story is narrated by the dog who is voiced by Kevin Costner and is introduced in one of the most baffling five minutes sure. of the movie. It, it, it basically starts with, a, most of the movie is told in flashback and it starts with the dog talking about the inability to gesture and how that can be frustrating yeah. and how it's so annoying not to be even to communicate in monosyllabic terms. These are the way the dog <laughs> describes things. I need to say very quick, the tagline of this movie, which is on the poster is, meet the dog who will show the world how to be human. <laughs> and that's exactly the movie. Yeah. It's a deeply odd movie, but it's put together in a really competent, well-done way. I was never bored watching it. I was predicting a lot of things to happen that you, you know, you can see them coming. It is, I think, it's classed, I think, on IMDb as a drama slash comedy slash drama. That's, they actually have a typo in there or something. Yeah. It is, though, a classic weepy but not in a way that you're going to be traumatized afterwards. It's that kind of movie where things are going to happen. The dog's going to be mostly okay, so we don't have to have a trigger warning or content warning for, you know, something untoward happening to the dog and the early elements of it. But there is sad things that happen to people. But it's all based around this kind of idea of... It's, it's woven through it, this idea of the racing in the rain thing is about... It's worryingly close to talking about Manifest Destiny a few times, 
But the fact that Danny doesn't make everything he wants happen by will alone and actually has to deal with the way the world truly is keeps it from veering into, you know, that kind of the secret kind of side of things. Okay, I'm really struggling. All right, <laughs> I, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to say up front, um, you know, in case it is unclear, I did not go watch this movie. Yeah. And um, and so far, I, I, I can't tell what if I went, what I would be getting myself into. Like, so is it from the dog's perspective, literally? Or is it just <laughs> from like a dog's thoughts? Is it, you know, a... I, what the what dog is work it? is excellent the dog work is exquisite you get an awful lot of the dog walking into rooms and staring at people when it's like i know what you did or i'm trying to understand what you're feeling there are some shots from the dog's perspective i think they use it very sparingly it's great if you want to if you want to lock eyes with milo ventimiglia a lot this yeah. is a really good movie because he looks straight at you in the camera and it does it that is man from the knows dog's, how to pet a dog he does he does know how to show a dog or a camera that you know he really loves you <laughs> and um yeah it is from the dog's perspective you it's basically following the life of this guy danny swift um following his life and how he he finds his family. He tries to get. He tries to achieve his dream of being a racer, but from the eyes of this dog who really, really loves him. And uh, I'm going to pick up something that you said before, Ian. That it is odd. I don't think it's very odd. I think it's a very type A, typical mid-year movie. Mm-hmm. There's a formula here that's been followed a billion times for classic family movies, and mm. it's only odd in the way that the dog is so characteristically a dog, mm. I think. Because in the way that, um, you know how the dog in Up speaks? Um, it's kind of, Yeah, it's just like that. It's kind of exactly what you think a dog would speak if it could speak. And I think that's kind of the most endearing, charming parts of the movie. So did we like it then? And also what is, I don't know if you can say this if um, without giving away spoilers, but is there a culmination? I mean, is there something that we're headed towards or is this just about, I drive real good in the rain, also P.S. I have a dog and a family. <laughs> like, like, is there is there a story? Like, is, are we headed towards something? It's like, a metaphor. Yeah, like the Fast and the Furious movies. God, you movies. guys yeah. are killing me. <laughs> like the Fast and the Furious movies, it's all about family. I mean, I don't know the book, but I got the impression that this was all kind of a metaphor for like seize your day, seize your day, carpe your diems, go out and do your thing and like risk everything, which I think is a bad message for movies to do sometimes because it's like people will risk everything on something stupid and not know the difference between that and take and ignore good advice and everything else. In this, I didn't feel, while you're saying it's standard, I didn't feel it was tropey in a way. Like there's an awful lot of areas where you could have had, and I'm thinking of the real life story of um, the guy who climbed El Capitan, you know, the relationship in that movie. What's it called? The Free wall. Solo. Free Solo, oh. yes. Like his, his wife then girlfriend is very much, I support you in everything you do. And once they're married, it's like, could you please stop climbing up mountains? This has that, like, that's real life. That's what happens. People get scared. In this, they kind of avoid that element of it. You know, Amanda Seyfried supports what her husband is doing. And it's like it's showing the good side of all those aphorisms and self-help books. And when, you know, it's, the, it's when the rubber meets the road of this art of driving in the rain, I think it was a little bit more than those other tropey movies for me. Because it was dealing with realities. It was dealing with, you're going to have bad things happen to you. And no matter what you say to yourself about, I will dominate this, I will take it over. It's not going to be able to defeat the thing you want to defeat. You're going Mm -hmm. to have to to find an inner strength and, you know, (laughs) rally and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, having a dog really helps with that. Um, I'm going to say I liked it a lot just because it kind of harks back to a lot of typical old, 
old, but you know, it's been a while since there's been a lot of, a, you know, a heartwarming dog movie. You know that it's going to be a happy ending. You know exactly what kind of family scene this is going to be with the blonde mom and the dad and the kid and the blonde dog like you know exactly what you're going to do it's an it's an august movie it's a starbucks pumpkin spice latte movie and that's completely <laughs> fine because it is you don't get this kind of movie all the time we used to a lot and mm. i think it's really obvious that this movie was I think the rights for this movie was bought a long time ago. You can kind of tell they've been just waiting to put it on screen. It's passed it took through, them, I think, three different studios before yeah, it came so out. So you can tell it took 11 years to get this on screen. And if it if it, if this had come out eight years ago, nine years ago, this would have just, you know, just been a normal thing that happened in cinema. But because we don't get these very often, it's kind of nice to have this kind of, if you want to have a nice heartwarming time, you know, if you want to cry for a bit, I said when we got out, like, I'm happy to cry on a Thursday morning. Like, yeah, yeah it's it great. Was, it, was, it was a good cry and it didn't leave me with lasting <laughs> trauma. Yeah. So that's nice. <laughs> A strong endorsement. Um, so we've been talking about the art of racing in the rain. Um, up next, we're going to be continuing our conversation with kind of, you know, a, a combination conversation, I suppose, of weepy movies, dog movies. There's a huge overlap on the Venn diagram on those. So um, let us know your favourites. Do you like watching movies with heartwarming pets where you just suspect that something might go wrong? Is that something you like? WhatsApp us at 018-789-8899. Tweet us at SkipIntroMY. And of course, you could always write us at movies at bfm.my. Best flipping moments. BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Hello, we are back on Skip Intro with Lynn, Ian and Julian. Um, if you missed it earlier, they were talking about The Art of Racing in the Rain, which is just out. And you can, uh, if you missed it, check it out on podcast. That's on bfm.my forward slash skip intro. Um, and now, so there are a lot of elements in this thing that we can kind of drag further along. There's a family story. There is a heart-rending but not that traumatic <laughs> story being told as well. There's a story about dogs. Um, I, I think there are lots of movies that have kind of been made in this vein. I feel like family movies with dogs, there's always the suspicion of tears, I think, creeping in along the way. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> I think that, I mean, movies are kind of a way that you can experience things before you have to experience them. And mm. I think... Uh, they do that a lot with dog movies in order like I mean if you watch the Beethoven movies that kind of puts you off getting a really big dog in a really small mm -hmm. house yeah and I said before we got in here every time there's a golden retriever I think you can just be prepared to cry um, <laughs> just because of Marley and me and it's kind of the big puppy dog eyes the beautiful comfort and the the familiar warmth that a pet and a loved pet can have and everyone's gonna most people are gonna be able to relate to that so you know Let's kill him off in a movie. <laughs> That's easy. It's easy to emotionally strike that chord. You know, made you such great dog as you loved us every day, no matter what. That's an amazing thing. You know how much we love you. Love you so much. Where we go from here. I want you to remember you're a great dog, Marley. You're a great dog. Well, that's 
the thing. You bring up, I think, one of the classics um, of this, one of the modern classics, shall we say, <laughs> of this genre, um, which is Marley and Me, right? Where it's just, look at this dog adventuring through helping a family, you know, with ups and downs and then... And then the inevitable Goodbye. happens. Yeah, and it's just like, I I have to say, I don't find an awful lot of joy in this particular genre. Like, mm. if you have a dog on your movie poster, I, I mean, when we spoke about John Wick, I asked you guys, the first thing yeah. I asked, the first thing was like, dog. The yeah. most you know? important. Yeah. That's the thing. So, like, for me personally, this has never been, uh, you know, a form of movie that gives me an awful lot of joy. Yeah. Um, do you enjoy them? Well, this is the thing. This whole, like, the Marley and Me thing for me, did the dog talk in Marley and Me? No. Okay. Since then, it seems to be, like, I don't know if you recall, people got angry at that movie. Like, there was graffiti scrawled on posters about the ending of that movie in the UK and Ireland about, like, people getting really mad. But for me... When I was growing up, the dogs didn't talk, and also they rarely died in the end. We got, a, I talked about before, we got an awful lot of repeats on UK and Irish TV. So you turn on the TV on a, Saturday afternoon, on a rainy Saturday afternoon, you're getting lassy. You're getting bangy. These are just shows where, you know, what's that? There's woof, woof. There's, the kids have fallen down the mine. You know, there's just, I don't even know. I haven't looked at the IMDb page to see how many lassie movies there are and how many I've seen them, but they're all basically the same where the dog gets lost. Heroism. Yay. Yeah. Does, 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 yeah, the dog gets lost, does heroism for about an hour and a half, and then either gets a new family or finds the old family. Mm. And there's just like, you wouldn't, you could be watching like, oh, that movie I saw last week is on again. And like, hang on, wait, why is this one in Technicolor was, the other one was set in the 80s. It looks like the same dog. What's going on here? Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you guys heard about this. There was a show that culminated, this culminated in was Benji, Zack and the Alien Prince. Did you ever hear this show? Or did I talk no, about this show before? I've never heard of this. So Benji is the little kind of, you know, scruffy looking mongrel dog who kind of, you know, doesn't have the, the lassie good looks, but goes around saving things anyway. They decided in the 80s because everything needed a- aliens they would have the dog team up with a cute robot and a kid from another planet and go sure. on the run together, but was still doing the cute mongrel dog things. And it's utterly bizarre. And when they brought back Benji on Netflix, they didn't bring back the alien prince. They just oh, no, brought back why Benji. Not? I don't know. <laughs> it, seems, it seems like it sells itself. Budgetary reasons, I would suspect. Yeah. Um, I... That's interesting because I do think that there is um, a sub-sub-genre to, you know, movies that have dogs in them where the dogs are just kind of the stars or like the secret stars yeah. of shows where they're not expected to necessarily do all the emotional labor and then die. Um, and I'm thinking of The Artist, actually, which when mm. it first oh, came yeah. out, everybody kind of lost their minds over how cute the dog was. Mm. And, you know, and all those worries about like the dog having arthritis <laughs> and stuff the after the movie. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> to just bring it back to dead dogs. Correct. Um, but the dog, you know, in that movie is like a pretty fully formed character. You yeah. know, he's not there just to just to um, you know, feed the main character sort of emotional epiphanies, right? Mm. Like he's also there to be a star in his own right. And it's true that there are those I miss those. I feel like now we are in an age where if there is a dog harm is going to come at some point. Mm. Yeah, yeah, or it's going to threaten you. And it's like, it's such an annoying trope. I mean, it is, yeah. We slept on the Dog's Purpose and Dog's Journey movies because it was a busy time. But like, No, we slept on it because we wanted to sleep Yeah, because those it. movies are built around the dog repeatedly dying yeah. and coming and the back. The movie was surrounded with a lot of controversy about how they treated the dogs on set. Mm. So don't watch that one. Watch Art of Racing in the Rain instead <laughs> because the dogs are treated okay in this one. Yeah. 
Yeah. They're super cute. <laughs> Did anyone watch Hachi? Hachi! Oh my god! I kind of cut bits of it on on. I mean, the dog looks. Richard Gere and the dog look like each other, right? Yeah. All arguments aside about whitewashing and all of that, Haji is beautiful. And the second I got to Shibuya, I went straight. I beelined for the dog statue of Hachiko. And I stood there and I stared at him for like half an hour because I love Hachiko so much. How could you not? It's a Shib. I get it. Um, I, I did the same thing when I visited Tokyo and then teared up. And it was a very weird thing because it's like a super busy intersection, is, right? Yeah. And yet, but like that's the power of dogs in movies it's a very strange thing i I think horses also kind of fall into this category where they like to have them there to have like this strong emotional connection oh forgot about sea biscuit Uh oh Oh, wow (laughs) sure yeah have have some more horse with that yeah (laughs) do you okay so i guess it comes down to this right do you guys like these sorts of movies I think I do. I don't think it's for every day. I think you have to be in the sort of the hallmark mindset, I think, when mm. you want to, I don't know, have your heart wrenched a little bit and you want to see, oh, a happy family. And you know, it's, you know, it's a little hallmark cardy, mm. but it's okay because you kind of need that after, you know, watching a whole bunch of Avengers for a little bit. That That idea of... You know, the loyalty and the love, the pure bond. And that was a time, I, Ian, you said growing up, you there were a lot of these movies where these dogs didn't talk. Yeah. I was saying to you before, when I was growing up, my formative years, the dogs talked in all of them. <laughs> so we had, you know, Beverly Hills Chihuahua and Shaggy Dog, where Tim Allen's the dog. Yeah. And it's kind of weird to think that we don't have a lot of talking dog movies anymore. But we somehow had the ability to train dogs really well. So like we talked about the mask a little while ago. Yes. And how incredible the dog is in that one. And I'd forgotten how <laughs> good that dog is. I cannot stop laughing every time he runs up the wall to get the keys. <laughs> and... Yeah, so we could train dogs really well and we could put peanut butter on the roofs of their mouths so that they could look like they're speaking. Mm. But then we got the technology to make them look like they're speaking. And then now we have the Lion King, so we don't have to do that anymore. Mm. So now we just have this dog kind of sitting there looking straight dead-eyed at you and then Kevin Costner speaks over the as his as his thought. So it's kind of nice. And I don't know if it's an effect or not, but at one point they made the dog look mad at Amanda Seyfried. Did you know that bitch is sitting there yeah. and it's like, it's got, but it's not like mad as in I'm going to bite your throat out. It's in that kind of, I am so disappointed in you kind of look. And I was like, that dog deserves an Oscar. We've moved into a different kind of dog acting yeah. where it's purely facial. Hopefully it's the golden age of dog movies. Oh, God. I honestly never thought we would do this show. And I think with good reason. I didn't think that we were going to talk about the golden age of dog acting, but there we are. Um, Do you have a favorite pet or animal or dog-based movie that you really enjoy? Do you want to stand up, stick up for it? Um, You can WhatsApp us at 018-789-8899. You can tweet us at SkipIntroMY. You can, of course, write us at movies at bfm.my. 